Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Solomon Wilcott, and welcome to the Believe in Bingo podcast on Valley Sports Ohio. Right now, I want to introduce uh, a very special person, of course. He is a former NFL MVP, and he also is a former NFL Man of the Year award winner. Now, I'm telling you right now, if you're winning one of those, you're special. If you win them both, it's like talking to the burning bush. Mr. Kenny Anderson, former Cincinnati Bengal quarterback. Kenny, so great to have you on the show today. How you doing? I'm doing great, Sally, and it's always a pleasure to be with you and see your smiling face. Well, it's good to be on with you. And uh, look, uh, 16 seasons as a Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, and you had some really uh, great moments, obviously taking them to a Super Bowl. You ran into those Pittsburgh Steelers teams of the 70s way too often. But the fact that you survived it and you're still with me here today, that tells me you were one bad dude, Kenny. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about that. My knees bother me. My necks bother me. So that may be some repercussions from those Steelers defenses. But, you know, uh, in that era in the 70s, of course, the, the Steelers were the dynasty. Yeah, You know, but the Oakland Raiders were very good. The Miami Dolphins were, were really good back, you know, in that era. And, you know, and of course, we got the Steelers twice a year. And uh, I, I will say this, that uh, I, I think uh, during our time when I was a starting quarterback, we had by far the best record winning percentage against right. the Steelers of any team in the National Football League. So it, it wasn't it wasn't 50 percent, but I think it was getting close to it. The next team was about 30 percent. So, yeah. you know, but it was uh, – it was a, a great era to play football. Yeah, and I've been in that building, so I they they still speak of you with great reverence. Of course, <laughs> when you set an NFL record for completion percentage of 70% throughout the entire season, as you did in 1981, and that record stood the test of time, 25 years until Drew Brees came along and broke it. I think it's a testament to how you were carving people up. And I want to start by kind of looking back at the game on Sunday uh, at the Cincinnati Bengals, because what they're doing without Joe Burrow, I think it's a testament to the kind of coach that Zach Taylor is, and it's a mm -hmm. testament to who they are as a football team. I'm going to talk about Jake Browning in a moment, but the fact that the Bengals have now won back-to-back -back games, two games in, of course, a span of six days, what does that tell you about the coach Zach Taylor? What does it tell you about the players collectively? Well, you know, I think that the coaches have been willing to adjust their offense to fit, you know, Jake. You know, uh, we didn't see it so much that first game against Pittsburgh. We kind of struggled a little bit. But from then on, you know, all of a sudden we see him under center a little bit more. Uh, we see them running the ball consistently. You know, we may not get yards all the time, but they're giving a consistent chance to do it. They're moving him around in the pocket a little bit, um, targeting Jamar Chase. I think I heard uh, a statistic uh, the other day on, on one of the, the talking heads and said when they target him 10 times, the Bengals are undefeated or something, some great record <laughs> like that. So let's, let's put the ball in his hands. But, you know, we know we've got, you know, great skilled players, you know, and then our, our defense, you know, stepping up when they have to make plays, holding the Colts offense, who's been scoring a lot of points, the 14 points, you know, gives you a chance, but, you know, uh, unknowns. I mean, Hayden Hurst gets his first, you know, NFL touchdown. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brown, the running back, gets his first NFL touchdown in, in this game. So it's nice to, to see him back healthy and getting a shot because he's got the, 
you know, that, that speed that, uh, that maybe the rest of the guys in the backfield don't quite have yet. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off your first deposit. That is a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, it's clear that um, what Zach Taylor has done and the things that you mentioned, putting him under center, uh, moving him half rows, moving him around in the pocket, um, featuring the run game, heavy dose of the run game. What it's done, it's helped them to protect the quarterback better. They've also gone six-man protections. They were doing a lot of empty stuff with Joe Burrow uh, with five-man mm-hmm. protections, but they are heavy with six and Sometimes seven-man protections, really shoring that up, um, and then scheming someone open at the next level. And the run game, obviously, you can go more play action, um, a little more RPO stuff that buys you a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sacked at all against the Indianapolis Colts, and they came in with the second-most sacks behind the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. defense, 42 on the season. And they didn't touch Jake Browning at all. So I think to your point, Zach has really given us a different design, allowing – Jake Browning to become better. What are you seeing with him? Because, you know, he's had a his first three starts, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Indy. He's had a completion percentage of 73% or better in his first three starts as an NFL quarterback, which I think is spectacular. What have you seen from him that he's bringing to the table to help make us better? Well, you know, he – he hadn't played a lot in the NFL, but he's been a, a winner and successful at every level. I mean, how many state championships did he win in California? You know, he set records at the University of Washington. Yeah. So he knows how to play the game. Uh, you know, we were at the Steelers game, and, and you could tell he hadn't played much. You know, he I think yeah. he was, you know, late on some of the throws, forcing some of the throws, trying to maybe do a little bit too much. And then – you know, they, they didn't run the ball against Pittsburgh. And that was, I guess that was the disappointing thing because, you know, with Pittsburgh's offense, they weren't going to score a bunch. So you can stick with the run knowing it's not going to be a high-scoring game, even though you may not be successful early on yeah. with the run. But I, I think what we've seen in the last two games, uh, you, number one, he, he's had more practice reps, yeah. you know. And, uh, and the team, that, that's the amazing thing is the team has confidence in him. They've seen when he's been here – uh, how hard he works. He comes in on his off day and, and, and goes in the defensive back meeting room to help them out and, and kind of try to do whatever he can do to be a good teammate and to make the team better. And, uh, you know, he was saying in, in the paper the other day that when he was on the scout team, you know, a lot of times the coaches will tell him where they want the ball thrown and it's not the ideal place to throw, but he gets a chance to work with using his eyes and trying to stick it in some tight spots. So, you know, all of that, you know, he kind of took into account he had a, a good chance to, to watch Joe Burrow uh, the last couple of years, how he operates. I think that was a great influence on him. And, uh, you know, I didn't, didn't turn the ball over in Jacksonville. Had the one pick six and looked like there might have been a little miscommunication between him and the tight end and the ball was batted a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I think he he's making plays and not trying to do too much. Absolutely. And you got to give, I think, this team a lot of credit 
Um, it, I think the team has shown us a lot of character. I'm, I'm happy when I see a team that maybe they're without their best player, but they still go into it and say, we got a chance to win. Because as you well know, it's really about the sum of, of the parts and not necessarily about one player. As good and as great as Joe Burrow is, I'm just glad to see this team rally together and go out and play as, and be as competitive as you can be. And then let's see where the chips fall. Hey, Kenny, I want to stop down and talk about you a little bit um, because I, I think our viewers should really understand that the you've had a, a major impact uh, on our sport, on the National Football League, and the way that the game is played, particularly at the quarterback position because I, I call you the original West Coast quarterback. And we can say that because, A, it's been well-documented and all the interviews done by Bill Walsh, the inventor and creator of the West Coast system – he was your offensive coordinator right here in Cincinnati with the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. So kind of help our listeners to understand what the early days of the West Coast offense looked like. What was its intent? We hear we hear about getting the ball out quickly and fast so that you can have the high completion percentage. But what were some of the things relayed to you from Bill Walsh that helped you settle into this offense? Well, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of the, the game was so different back then with only a 40-man roster. You know, every snap was a tight end, two wide receivers, and two running backs because you didn't go three wideouts because you only had three on the roster. Wow. Uh, you know, so it, it, uh, it was different back then. You didn't have all the spread out things. But I think, you know, as much as anything, the, the West Coast offense was a, a system of how you organize the offense by protections. You know, the way that you call for formations. But I remember, you know, the thing that, that Bill stressed with me from day one was footwork, you know, for a quarterback, you know, to be ready to throw the football when, when things develop. And yeah. we would, uh, I remember the draft was in January in those days. I moved down to Cincinnati in February. We were working out and, you know, uh, all I'm doing for the first week is he's okay, well, we're going to three-step drop. And I'm standing there with the ball in my hands and pivot your foot. And I'm just walking, stepping in place. One, two, three, get ready to throw. You know, and then it's, you know, on a five-step drop, okay, it's one, two, three, four, five, get ready to throw. Okay, it's a deep five and a hitch, okay? You work through all the different drops, you know, that we had. And then he was kind of the first guy that really timed the quarterback's drop up with the depth of the route. You know, if you're throwing a, a square out to the to the backside, it's five no hitch. You know, yeah. if you're talking about a 80, 82X in or Z in, uh, you know, that is five, a good five-step drop and a hitch and throw. So everything was timed up with the drop um, for the quarterback, and it was a progression that we went through. It was you got, you know, one, two, three, where's my outlet? You know, one, two, three, where's my outlet? You know, check your hot. Who am I looking at here? So it was just, you know, so well thought out, so well put together uh, and uh, had a lot of success with it, you know, even still today. And, you know, uh, although some of the people, you know, uh, wouldn't recognize the West Coast offense from when I played by the what they're doing with it now. But it, again, it's still the same kind of protection and, and same kind of concepts. You know, uh, back in the, in the early mid-70s, everything was the deep ball. Everything was the deep ball. Well, you know, Bill worked it out that we're not only stretching the field vertically, but we're stretching it horizontally. Right. You know, we're putting every receiver, you know, in the progression somewhere. Okay, if I got, uh, I remember, 86 halfback curl. You know, there's always a four-man line. Okay, middle linebacker throw goes strong through the halfback curl. Middle linebacker goes weak through the tight end pivot. And then you had your options from which side you went to. 
you know, for your outlets. But it was, uh, you know, a very successful office. And, and we were completing, you know, 60% in a day when, you know, quarterbacks, uh, you know, a good, you know, good quarterback was throwing 50%, completing 50% of his passes. Uh, it used to be, you know, if you had a one-to-one -one touchdown to interception radio ratio, that was about what was standard in, in the league. Yeah. Well, you know, we wanted three or four to one, you know, wow. uh, we want, we wanted to get it out. We didn't want to take sacks uh, and, you know, throwing the ball on a flare to a fullback and making it second and eight instead of second and 10. That's a good play. Yeah. I love it. I love it. now. So I want to ask you um, by, because you, you understand the fundamentals of, of everything uh, that was in this offense. And I thought one of them was just the quarterback, and you were a great athlete. The quarterback had to be excellent because the footwork that you described meant that you had to be able to move your feet in this sort of coordination uh, and move and always be ready to throw. So you had to hit the top of that drop hat ball had to come out, but your mechanics and your fundamentals had to be so good that who is the quarterback? Say that if you see the offense today and a quarterback in that offense, who operates similarly to how Bill Walsh would have imagined it, who would that player be today? Well, I think one of them is Brock Purdy, uh, yep. you know, who's had a lot of success. I, I think another one is Joe Burrow. I agree. You know, whose yep. footwork and, and mechanics are just, you know, outstanding. And and yep. he's, you know, and, and part of it is, you know, no reading coverages, know what you want to do. So, you know, you got an anticipation of where the ball's going to go. And mm -hmm. I know a, a lot of times, if I'm going, you know, number one is the Z and, and number two is the tight end and number three is the X on my third step. It might be a five step drop, but on my third step, I know Z's out of it. And my first hitch is going right to the tight end. My second hitch to the to the weak side and then the flare control. So you learn to eliminate those to get through your progressions quicker. And you know what? I'm just going to tell you that you are cooking with gas, my friend. We all know that the 2021 season Joe Burrow um, led the league in completion percentage for the entire season, right around 70%, right? Mm -hmm. uh, well, mm -hmm. Brock Purdy, who you also named, um, just set an NFL record, uh, particularly with the 49ers, seven straight games of 70% completion rate or more. That He broke the record previously owned by Steve Young mm -hmm. and Joe Montana. So I, you nailed it when you, when you gave us the name that – um, those two guys, I think, very, um, and very much, I think, emulate a lot of the things that Bill Walsh wanted to see uh, in his quarterback. I want to uh, move it forward a little bit because the Bengals next up on the schedule is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they have resuscitated their playoff hopes by winning each of their last two games. Um, what's going to be needed to finish out these next four games in order to get to the playoffs as you look at this team today? Well, I, I think continuing to do what they're doing, you know, uh, running the football, you know, and, and that point is that helped the offensive line out, yeah. you know, and, and they, you know, that's one thing we haven't mentioned is how they've stepped up, you know, the last, you know, couple of weeks uh, and, and win the turnover battle, you know, and making big plays on offense and not giving up big plays on defense, you know, and, and big plays don't have to be the 40 yard, uh, uh, throw down the field we, we thought saw the screen pass to brown that went 70 for a touchdown you know their first touchdown so you know you, you but you've got to you know you got to create some opportunities on offense deny them on defense and 
you know, I, I really, I like our, our weapon, you know, and this number two kid, this uh, Money McPherson, you know, I mean, to have him in a tight game that, that no, you can count on him. I mean, you know, for him, a 55 yard is a chip shot. Wow. You, you know, and uh, so, no, I mean, but they've got good skilled players, uh, put the ball in their hands, let them make plays. But I, I think more than anything, why I really like this team is, is their cohesiveness, their togetherness, the, they hold each other accountable. Um, they know what it takes to be successful, and they're willing to pay the price working to be successful. You know, how these guys prepare during the week, uh, the amount of time that they spend, uh, and then the amount of time that they spend together. You know, it may be a quick game of ping pong between meetings or something like that or, or after the, the day is over, but I think they generally like each other. They hold each other accountable. Uh, they expect to win, and you know, and I, I think, you know, Zach is a, a play caller. He, he's not afraid to lose. You know, he's going to he's gonna call the game to win when some of us just say, oh, Zach, just run and kick the field goal. Well, you know, they're going they're going for it to make a first down and score a touchdown. So I, I like the way that uh, they're calling the game, uh, you know, and it's uh, they're a fun team to watch. Well, they really are. Uh, I want I want to uh, dig a little bit deeper because you talked about this earlier. Um, working the quarterback under center. Um, a lot of today's quarterbacks want to be in shotgun. They don't want to have to turn their back uh, to the defense as they're pulling out from center. Um, and they want to have everything out in front of them, get it out. Why is playing under center so very important? Because we're hearing a lot of that. And we want to make this very clear for our listeners and our viewers, um, how it helps the quarterback, how it helps the offense. Why is playing under center becoming a talking point now? And why is it, um, in your estimation, um, so very important? Well, I, I think, number one, I think the running game could be more effective. You know, the running back is going downhill now on runs, whether waiting for the quarterback to shuffle in to go in and get to a run. Uh, I think it adds up the, the play-action passing that can help. You know, and, and I think, you know, you talk about the, the so many of the quarterbacks in the shotgun. Look at college football. I mean, you go back to Division Three, Augustana, they're in shotgun all the time. I think the quarterbacks are really used to that. Um, I know when I played, we didn't use the shotgun, and, and one of the reasons why is that I hated to take my eyes off the secondary to look for the ball and look it in. I look up, they move. You know, if I'm under center, I could go and I could take my first step. I'm seeing exactly what's going to go happen. Yeah. So and if your drop's correct, you're not turning your back on the defense, Ali. You know, that's you know, that's that safety talk you're talking about again. Oh, well, I, I do remember Boomer <laughs> turning his back. Uh well, yes, and that, that was actually deep routes. On, on play action passes, correct. That's what I'm talking about. But not about. on dropbacks. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. On 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 play action, deep play action. And the reason why, and and I think it's for a good reason. I'm not saying there's some flaw there. Um, and I tell people all the time. Uh, play action um, for defense. Our job is uh, the number one thing is when the ball is snapped, we've got to determine, is it a run or a pass play? I don't care what position you play on defense. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing you have to do. Because if someone said, well, what are you doing on this play? I'm going to say, well, that depends. Are they running it? Or are they throwing it? So I have to really be able to decipher if, if it's a run or a pass. Now, we have our clues. We key in on our different reads. But you and I both know quarterbacks who are really good at ball handling, and that's really what we're talking about here. Um, if you're really good and adept at handling the ball, 
and giving just a little bit of subterfuge, not revealing who has the ball. Ball fakes, handoff, movements, real quick movements, sleight of hand stuff. It really does help create openings up front. It does abate the pass rush for a split second. And as a safety, as a defensive back, if I can see where you have the ball, if you're in shotgun and I can see what you're looking at, what you're reading, now I get to play around. I can disguise and move around. But if you're deep, if you're under center and you go deep, play action, turn your back to me, as Boomer would do plenty of times, and I imagine you did it uh, a few times yourself, I got to hold my position. I got to wait because you can come up chucking it just about anywhere. Or guess what? Someone could be hitting it off that five hole coming off tackle. But I'm I'm trying to read you. I'm trying to read the guards. I'm trying to read my keys. But it slows you down, Kenny, as you well know, just a little bit. So the quarterbacks who know how to play around with that, uh, I do think they help elevate the offense just by its design and by its execution. Yeah, and I think number one on play action uh, is usually either a seven or eight man protection. That's right. So that really solidifies things for the quarterback. And you mentioned, you know, slowing that pass rush down just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing, you know, tying the play action into your runs yeah. and maybe having, you know, more than one thing off of, you know, that the the play action that they had uh, throwing the ball to Chase Brown for the touchdown. Uh, a couple series before that, they ran the same action that threw the ball down the field. So here I'm giving them the same look, and now I'm throwing a screen with the last time I threw it down the field. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're tying things together nicely. Yeah. I can tell you this. I remember um, Gary Kubiak. He came out of the uh, Mike Shanahan coaching tree. <laughs> and as you all know, Coach Shanahan had coached with uh, Bill Walsh out in San Francisco. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, I remember, uh, you know how you run that, the zone read that outside zone and you mm -hmm. come off of that with this bootleg action. And it's usually a naked boot. As you well know, you're leaving the end man unblocked. Mm -hmm. Most quarterbacks don't want to, cause you have to turn your back to the guy, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when you come right. out. He's going to literally be right there in your face. <laughs> and, and now, but you're dragging people across the field, so you're going to have someone to throw the ball to. But that is probably one of the more precarious positions for quarterbacks to be in, coming off that zone outside zone read, reverse uh, yeah. boot action, leaving that in unblocked. Kind of walk me through that and how uncertain it is knowing that that guy <laughs> is unblocked when your back is turned to him. Well, first of all, what I liked is when we, when we had a guy that maybe blocking it before he went out, so you had to slow down it, but then you had it. But other than that, you know, you rely on on the coaches up in the press box, or maybe the backup quarterback, when you're running that zone play, that you see that backside defensive end crashing and trying to catch that play, and that's when you come to slow him down a little bit. So, yeah. you know, but, you know, as a quarterback and as a quarterback coach, you know, one of the things that you do – is you, you know, you work and practice a lot on that fake and getting your head around and how to give ground and make a quick throw if it's needed, if that if that defensive end isn't taking the bait. Yeah, it's a very effective play. There's no doubt about it. I've seen um, some big plays come off of it. However, I've, I've seen a, a J.J. Watt or two make a big play themselves off of it. So it, it is one of those plays I think is enjoyable to watch. Uh, because it does, I think, involve great ball handling uh, by the quarterback. So, Kenny, 
Do our Bengals, do we make it into the playoffs? We got four more to finish strong. I'd love for this team to get into the postseason and kind of prove their mettle that we are a great team with a great quarterback when Joe Burrow is with us. Well, why not? I mean, you look at the, the last two teams that we beat, uh, nobody really expected us to do that. You know, going down into Jacksonville, I mean, I don't think there was anybody that thought we were going to win that game. You know, Monday night game That's on right. the road. That's right. And uh, I think the last – the last time that uh, the Bengals won a, a road Monday night game or primetime game uh, might have been, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. I don't know. But to go down there and perform and played well. And then this game, I mean, Indy was on what, a four-game winning streak. That's right. You know, they were on a backup quarterback, but Gardner Minshew had been playing really well. Um, they got Minnesota coming in. That's had their struggles. Uh, their starting quarterback is out there playing a backup as well. Um, then we, you know, we go to Pittsburgh, you know, uh, I think, you know, we, we know we can do that up there. They're not an explosive offense right now. And uh, I think, you know, we got a chance to there, you know, when, but when you look at the schedule, why not? And that's what my, my sweatshirt said, you know, I had a couple of years ago, you know, why not us? It's crossed out. No, it is us. You know, <laughs> I and I it. think these guys have the belief. Yeah. You know, they've, they've been, you know, to the AFC championship game the last two years. They know what it takes to win. Um, you know, hearing Zach, you know, talk about, well, you know, guys, we got another one coming up. We got another six-day week. We just went through that. They, they know how to handle, you know, the situation. So yeah. I don't think it, it's out of the realm of the possibility. I think we got, what, we three out of the four. You know, we probably got to get to ten games. Um, but, you know, why not? You know, it's uh, if they continue to play like they are, if they continue to execute, if you don't beat yourselves. I mean, we saw it, you know, last night in the Kansas City game. They got the game-winning play, and they got a receiver that lined up offsides, you know, unforced errors. You know, you, you can't make those. So uh, I, I tell you what, uh, I, I'm not going to count this team out, you, you know, and especially the way that they've adjusted. You know, all of a sudden, you know, we got a running game. You know, and uh, gosh, you know, you took between uh, between Joe and uh, Joe Mixon and, and, and Chase Brown, you know, geez, they both had, you know, the combined, they're over 100 yards rushing and passing. Yeah. You know, that's another thing the defense has got to account for. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, Jamar wasn't as big a part of the, you know, getting the ball yesterday as he was before. Well, you know, all of a sudden, you know, who's going to pick up the, the, the pace? And, uh, but, you know, you don't. You know, here's, you know, wide receivers, you know, some of they, they can be like and, and you know, a little bit uh, selfish, so we say at times. But whether it's, whether it's Jamar or T. Higgins, if they don't have big numbers and the team wins, that's that's all they care about. You know, yeah. numbers aren't important yeah. except the wins and losses. That's that's what I really love about this team. It's a really good group. There is no doubt they stick together and play hard for one another. Uh, I think Joe Mixon has been phenomenal uh, this season. He's given us um, some energy at that running back position, whether he's uh, catching it or running it, 125 yards from scrimmage yet again in the win against the um, Indianapolis Colts, who, oh, by the way, came in here with the second most sacks of any defense in the NFL but couldn't touch our quarterback. Uh, and they had uh, the second most takeaways um, as well. They did get the one interception for a pick six, 
So they got us there, but I thought we handled the ball very well. By the way, have you ever had a, a, a wide receiver who lined up offsides? Because they're they're checking with the official on every single play. Uh, I don't know how that happens in an NFL game. Help me out here, Kenny. I I I, I wish I knew. You know, and I, I feel so bad, you know, for that kid. Uh, you know, and it's kind of all pointing, you know, to him then. But I think, you know, all you got to do is look out the official and he'll kind of tell you if you're good or you're not. And I, I didn't see anybody. I didn't see him checking. But, uh, you know, one of the officials on the sideline kind of helped him out. Yeah, it's it's, it's oh, well. Yeah, you know, you've coached the position. You've coached wide receivers in this league. Uh, Kenny Anderson, what, 16 years as a player in the league and uh, 17 as a coach, right? Uh-huh. Yep. You coach quarterbacks. One coach- year, one year, receiver coach, which was really interesting down in Jacksonville. But <laughs> you know, I had a had a great player in Jimmy Smith down there, so that made my job a little bit easier too. Oh, Jimmy Smith was one of the best, uh, a truly great receiver, great talent. Um, so I know you had to have fun doing that. Look, Kenny, always great to um, speak with you and talk ball with you. We appreciate you. Uh, you mean so much to the National Football League. Uh, there's no doubt about it. You've done great things. I know you're going to continue to do that. And I know you reach out and you talk with players, and uh, they should certainly uh, be talking with you and tapping into some of your knowledge. We thank you for sharing that knowledge with us today here on uh, the Believe in Bingo podcast on Bally Sports Ohio. We want to thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.